Since the end of 2020, the race to get a COVID vaccine into the arm of everyone on the planet has been well underway. Across Europe and the West, despite some vaccine hesitancy, vaccination uptake has been strong. In Europe, on average, 73% of the population is fully vaccinated. But that isn't the case across the world. In Africa, the average number of doses administered per 100 people is just 41. While the rest of the world was slow getting vaccines into African countries, that isn't where the problem ends. In countries like Kenya, most of the population live in rural communities with poor energy access. And this makes the process of transporting and storing vaccines in these communities very difficult. Some of them simply don't have like a reliable cold storage. So you find them using a cool box, a cool box, an insulated cool box with ice packs to carry vaccines from one facility, from the main facility to the level three facility. What happens with the cool box is within four hours, you have to return the vaccines because the ice packs thaw. It's not a fridge, it's just a storage container. And the other facilities have even tried to adapt the home use and the soda use fridges. The fridges for storing soda, they are literally given by Coca-Cola. They use them for storing vaccines. And um, they, they, they are not really, the temperature regulation is impossible in these fridges. You don't even know what temperature they, they are at. It's not accurate. And vaccines are really, really sensitive. And just moving around in different healthcare facilities and learning how much they're having so many difficulties in trying to get vaccines. And if vaccines are so vital for newborns, for, for mothers who are pregnant, Vaccines are vital for storage, of, I mean like um, cold storage is needed for storage of blood, uh, you know, in such kind of cases and insulin and tetanus jabs just really made us see the clear picture of how Vaxibox is such a valid solution within, um, like just in, in the African landscape and even literally anywhere. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Jane Sophia. In this episode, we've spoken with Nora Maguero, the inventor of the Vaxibox and the winner of the Royal Academy of Engineering's Africa Prize. Nora is only the second woman and first Kenyan to win the prestigious Africa Prize. Kenya is Africa's seventh largest country with a population of 53 million, but only 29% of this population lives in urban areas. Back in 2015, less than a third of Kenya's rural population had access to electricity. But major progress has been made in the last seven years, and now 75% of Kenyans have electricity access. But that still leaves millions of Kenyans, mostly in rural areas, with no power. This was an issue Nora was very familiar with. She spent years working in Kenya's energy industry, including working for the Kenyan Energy Regulatory Commission. Then, in 2018, Nora set up Drop Access, a foundation that aims to provide renewable energy solutions to these rural communities. If you can hear bird noises in the background, it's not you. Nora took time out from her busy schedule and spoke to us from her car, surrounded by nature. So, so when I shifted to work with the rural communities, I started working with um, okay, the, the, the people who could actually pay for solar pumping solutions were the farmers. Uh, they're the ones who had like a favorable economic um, income to pay for this. So those are the farmers. And they started providing solar pumps 
to farmers and getting farmers to just improve their production their, their productivity and all that and something really just happened some farmers just ask me so now we have the pumps we have so much we have so much water and we have so much milk but we're throwing away the milk it's spoiling how do we store this milk and that is the first time uh, like um i like we we sat down with my team to try find cold storage solutions for for for, for farmers like the, the first design that we did for solar refrigeration was meant for farmers but the transition over to providing a cold storage system for vaccines was not something Nora had planned and uh, it didn't really happen overnight like oh my god let's go for it actually one of our donors just when covid hit one of our donors told us okay so you guys are already designing and developing pumping solutions for farmers but covid is here can you guys just pivot a bit and try to target vaccines obviously we were very skeptical about it because it's we, we thought oh my god it's vaccines you know like it was take so much more to develop cold safe for vaccines but then they told us we'll support you we will work with you we'll try to get you the help that you need and we decided to pivot the first fridge that we made into a vaccine fridge and called it vaxibox So Vaxibox is a portable fridge. The bit about it is that it's it's movable. You can put it on a motorbike, a bicycle, a boat, you can wheel it, you can carry it and just while you are transporting it, it's also cooling the contents inside the fridge. It's a solar fridge. Uh, so if it's in situ and it's not in transportation, you can just open up the solar panel and the fridge will will be running. And also it has battery backup. Vaxibox is able to regulate the temperature as required for individual vaccines, and it's even IoT enabled, allowing for the tracking of the temperature and location of the box. The Vaxibox can send out a text or an alarm to warn of temperature changes or if the box has been left open. The thing is with the old fridges, they don't have this digital solution. So if, if, the, if, they, if the vaccine froze three hours ago, you wouldn't have done. Or if something happened, like something went wrong with the temperature fluctuations and there was an ex excursion, you can't easily know. But Vaxibox is able to tell you when it's happening so that you know whether to get a plan B or to fix the problem before you lose the whole batch of vaccine. When it came to making the first Vaxibox, Nora knew she wanted them to be made in Kenya. Having previously worked as an energy auditor, Nora noticed that during her inspections of schools and businesses in Kenya, all the machines she inspected were old, poor quality foreign technology. So we felt like these are low cost, uh, less efficient technologies that have been shipped into the country and were sold affordably. And because the economic level of most African states is what it is, so you felt like these low cost technologies are always dumped here. So I really interacted with so many uh, ovens, so many cold rooms that I couldn't really make efficient because it's already been shipped, it's a low-quality low technology, it's less efficient, and there's nothing I can do about it. And I really struggle telling schools and managers, like, hey, you need to dump your oven because it's costing you so much electricity bills, it's not really serving you, and you're, 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 you're wasting so much money every year, you, you need to throw away your oven. And it was so hard for me to convince them why they need to throw it away. Nora and her team did test out imported fridges, but found that the old tech was unreliable and required frequent repairs. That's when we realise substandard technologies are coming into the country and they're being passed on for use within the healthcare, within the healthcare industry, which is not really right. Because when they break down, even getting someone to repair it is such a problem. So it means it's such a waste of money 
to the end user but and also it's risky for use because then there's no guarantee that vaccines are going to be kept cold throughout the year. And all of this low quality tech is being sent to Africa from Western countries, looking to avoid dealing with its own waste problem. The West is, is racing towards a carbon zero future and um, these technologies that are being gotten rid of are being sent to Africa. And it makes us because we are willing to pay for them. Our economic level is going to pay for them. And it bothered me a bit because, uh, come on, like I want my country to go towards uh, a net uh, a zero, carbon econo- zero carbon future and a zero carbon economy. But then if we just focus on getting technologies from uh, substandard technologies from China and all other places without really looking at the future of how we're going to develop our own technologies, then there's no way we're actually going to get to zero carbon. And if we get to zero carbon, we'll also have like a landfill of technologies that are substandard and we have nowhere to take them and it becomes another hazard. And manufacturing the Vaxibox in Kenya would also make it easier for technicians to make repairs and conduct maintenance. The proprietary uh, information is with us and we're able to, to fix the fridges if there's a problem. We're able to, to know uh, and track it in real time if there is a problem so that we just give that support and, and also uh, provide enough uh, technical uh, maintenance and operations for the fridge when, as it's necessary. So I always felt like as an engineer, I should participate in developing technologies that were efficient, that actually served the African market the best way, and also technologies that were superior in quality that can be adopted literally anywhere on earth. So those are just personally for me. This is why I felt like Vaxbox should be locally made in Kenya. We might not have all the, all the knowledge to fix it, but then we can leverage on the knowledge from the West. We can do a technology transfer or a knowledge transfer to build a solution that can be literally be used anywhere on earth. But the decision to make Vaxibox locally made the manufacturing process much more difficult. It really made that we had to, we had to literally go an extra mile to, to learn how to build this, this fridge from scratch and do it ourselves. Honestly, that was hard. I am a mechanical engineer, but I was not cut out for this. And we had to learn where we're going to cut the metal, how we're going to transport it to a workshop, which workshop is going to take us in, how do we do this weld to do a clean job, and also to ensure that we don't tamper with the insulation. That was really, really, really difficult. Kenya does not have developed infrastructure and industries to, to do these technologies locally within the country. So we're basically developing each and every single thing from scratch within a very limited and tight budget. Most of the times, my team wanted to give up. because, like, you know what, we can't do this. Let's just give up. At one point, Nora and her team did give up. But Nora convinced them to give it one more try. And after months of work, they finally had a prototype. The first fridge had so many issues. It was cooling on the outside. Oh my God. Like, a fridge is forming frost on the outside. Like, surely that be on the inside. Anyway, and now we had to pull it apart, put it back together. We ran out of funds so many times and we had to bootstrap. We We were given a very limited budget. And we ended up using triple of what the budget that we had because manufacturing also is hard. So many product failures, um, uh, some circuitry just failing and literally just, you see sparks. When you try to put it on, it's like like almost like a fire in the workshop. But eventually they had a working, solar-powered, IoT-enabled, transportable vaccine storage box. And so they went out to test it in rural Kenyan communities, but encountered some scepticism at first. They were very, very sceptical, like, oh my god, you guys claim that you built this here. We don't build this thing. We don't build this thing in Kenya. So is it really going to work? 
So we had to spend the whole day trying to convince them, hey, okay, um, you don't have to put vaccines in here, just test it out. They were quite skeptical about it and they're like, fine, just leave it there. We just, we won't touch it. We'll, we'll just tell you what happens. The next morning when I woke up and I called them, they're like, it's okay, the fridge is running fine. Like, what do you mean the fridge is running fine? It's actually running fine. Like, it's running fine. The second day, the fridge is running fine. One week down the line, the fridge is running. One month down, the fridge is running and it's cooling vaccines the right way like it should be. To me, I feel that was the biggest success that I saw. Like we built it, it's working and we've gained confidence of a very, very skeptical nurse who actually thought that the fridge was going to electrocute him or it was going to explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nora and her team then set up pilot programs to fully test the Vaxibox and see what kind of impact it could have on rural Kenyan healthcare clinics. The first was at the Usungu dispensary a healthcare facility that is completely off-grid and 22 kilometres away from the nearest electricity grid. Before Vaxibox, the Yusungu dispensary transported vaccines in from the nearest county hospital twice a week and returned the remaining stock once the ice packs melted. And we were able to ensure that they kept vaccines at the facility they, without transporting them to and fro and even increase the vaccination rates uh, and even see the, them then then having the potential of vaccinating at least 1,500 children in a month. Having the Vaxibox in just that one facility has helped to increase the immunisation rate in that one sub-county by 45%. The second pilot programme is at a healthcare centre located in the Maasai Simba Conservancy, which serves a vast and sparsely populated area. So they have vaccination like on a Wednesday where women walk long distances to come to the facility to have their children vaccinated. And we're able to test out how we conduct door-to-door -door and manyata-to-manyata vaccination because we're able to carry Vaxibox and take it to the field. And we, we've seen how Vaxibox can actually increase their vaccination by over 200%, but by just ensuring that this fridge is able to move from the healthcare facility to the homes. Instead of the mothers walking, they, they actually wait at their manyatas in their homestead and get vaccinated from there. And we're just learning how uh, Vaxibox is so relevant, like in these rural and off-grid uh, communities. A facility that could, did not have power, could not store vaccines, now storing vaccines. A facility that, where women walk long distances, is now getting vaccines to the homesteads. Then at the end of 2021, Nora and the Vaxibox were shortlisted for the 2022 Royal Academy of Engineering Africa Prize. I'll be very honest with you. When we started doing this production of Vaxibox, people thought that we were a joke. <laughs> like, are you guys serious? Like, what are you trying to build? And we looked like a joke for a very long time. I felt like a joke for so long. And even when we proposed to uh, so many people, like, hey, you guys, let's build this together. Like, nah, we don't really want to be on board. We don't trust that we can actually build this. Then we got onto the Africa Prize. And Africa Prize literally gave us the guaranteed. We, are, we, we trust in your technology and we're going to give you experts and mentors to build it to be better. And we went through the Africa Prize program, building and advancing the Vaxibox even to be superior, to be able to be competitive with the other uh, 49 pre-qualified WHO vaccine refrigerators that are not locally made in the continent. What they do is they give you a team of experts, really, really, really superior experts, I have had consultation with guys who work for GSK. I've had consultation with guys who work for um, 
what are they called? Pfizer, you know, like they have interest in our technology. I've had conversations with people who work for Ambref Health Africa, and they see the potential in Vaxibox even beyond what we see it as engineers. Uh, and they are coming in to help us and work with us. And it just validates that we can locally build this. We can work in collaboration with anybody all over the, the world who wants to work with us. And then we go ahead and win the Africa Prize to us. That has been one of the biggest validation ever. Like, you guys are not a joke. We trust in your technology and you're doing it and you can, you can do even much better. Vaxibox is a technology manufactured locally and created to solve local issues. But Nora wants to make sure that Vaxibox can have a much wider reach. I've come to understand that um, these problems that we saw here in my community are, are not isolated. There is still so much need for healthcare and vaccination across the whole of Africa and even Southeast Asia and just the global South. The likes of Burundi, Ethiopia, where energy coverage is still lagging way much behind. In Nigeria, where they have such dire needs for energy and also healthcare, given the population. And obviously, I visualize having Vaxibox being adopted the whole, all over Africa, across Africa, in so many countries. And the plan for achieving this is to have our own manufacturing workshop where we can do each and every single thing all under one roof so that we're able to increase our production capacity and make as many Vaxibox units comply with the international standards and also ensure that uh, the quality is assured, you know. Uh, if the same fridge that is being used in Gabon should perform the same way it's performing in South Africa, in Swaziland, like we have to ensure the quality runs across the board if we want to be competitive with all the other WHO pre-qualified refrigerators and also just take over that market. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. if you can take over the market, why not? And um, having our own production capacity also means we probably have like assembly points uh, in various places in Africa. If we can produce like various parts here in Kenya in our production uh, manufacturing plant, then uh, take these parts to be assembled uh, in um in South Africa, in West Africa, you know, in the various assembly workshops, also to make the job uh, a bit better and even quicker and faster. It's impacting healthcare, it's engineering, which makes me very, very excited because I'm an engineer, but also beyond that, we have created so many jobs and we're creating so much, so many jobs for young people, which to me is very, very important because there's a time I was a jobless engineer in this country, which is so unfair, but <laughs> yeah, it happened, but now we are creating jobs. And that means more young people will have a chance to be employed. More women will have a chance to be uh, to be fairly employed, you know. We get to revolutionize our production and manufacturing within the African continent. Engineering Matters is a production of Rebe Media. This episode was written and produced by Johnny Dowling, hosted by me, Alex Conacher, co-hosted by Jane Sophia, Sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young, and our own cool, portable crisis response is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening. You can find Engineering Matters on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reb.media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. 